Hey, so welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today's conversation is all about creating more freedom in your coaching and your course business. Uh, I've been doing this for about 14 years. I've been through many seasons in my business of where I had a lot of freedom, not much freedom, et cetera. And I'm sharing with you the four pillars to creating that freedom in your life. So I think it's going to be super helpful, especially as we head into and are in right now, summer vacation for kids, all that sort of stuff. Uh, in the summer season in the US. And um, I'm grateful for you guys. So let's get into it all about creating more freedom in your expert business. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So it's summer over here in the US, uh, which really means that the kids are off, uh, off from school, uh, or maybe they're doing a little bit of summer, ca summer camp. I know for us, our kids are doing a bit of summer camp, uh, but they're off a lot more. And the whole you know, vibe and style of this holiday uh, tends to slow down, right? I, I know for me, when I grew up in Australia, it, the summer holidays was more around December, right? So it's like we have a hot Christmas. Uh, where we got a cold Christmas here in the US, but um, during the you know this this season of you know June, July, August, even September, it's kind of like their their off season. Now I say that off, but for most Americans, uh, they're pretty driven generally. Uh, so you know they they're, they're slowing down a little bit, but it's still they're still doing a lot of work. Uh, but because of this like slowing down idea. I've had a few students ask me, Colin, how do I take more time off? How do I build a business so that I can take more time off to spend time with my kids, to spend time with things that I enjoy outside of my business, uh, etc. right? And so I wanted to talk about this idea of how do you build your business so that you can have more freedom from it? Because I think when we first start out, you know, some of the main goals when we first started out, I know for me, when I first started out in my coaching business, one of my main goals was I wanted to make money, right? I wanted to make money, but I wanted to make money doing something that I loved. And at the time I was working in a role, uh, it was like a, it, I was actually working as like a teacher and I liked it, but it just wasn't, it didn't give me the, the meaning that I was looking for. And also um, I wanted to make more money. And so I started the coaching business and uh, I mean, to be quite frank, at the start, I definitely wasn't making more money. It took a good year, a year and a half or so to really like replace my income. But for me, it gave me, it gave me more meaning. It definitely gave me more meaning. And then gradually, as I started to grow the business, I started to realize that I was getting less and less freedom. And for anyone who runs their own business, you know that you can literally create your own holding cell. <laughs> Right, it's like you create your own box that you can't get out of. It's like you built the box that you can't get out of. And so often, you know, you go you go a couple of years into your business and you don't realize it, but you end up building this business that if you take your eyes off it for a second, like it feels like it's going to fall to pieces. Now, for me, when I was first starting out, I didn't mind having a business like that. Like I was doing a lot of speaking. 
was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching. I was doing a lot of corporate training. I was flying a lot at the time. This was before like online courses on the uh, on the interweb was a thing. And so I was doing a lot of traveling and stuff like that. And it was fine, but I really had to go to perform. And I enjoyed it, but I also didn't enjoy it. Like there was like, uh, you know, there was that balance. And then we started having kids. And then I remember Sarah, my amazing wife, who I've got to have her back on the podcast, don't I? Um, she's amazing. I've done some earlier episodes with her. And uh, we've been married for 18 years now. Isn't that crazy? Uh, pretty cool. So we got married when we were nine. And um, <laughs> no, we didn't. But, but uh, so basically, w- we had kids and my wife said, babe, like, I don't want you on the road all the time. You know, like, the, like I would love you to be around more. And I'm, th- and I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Right. And so that was when we started redesigning our business model. That was when I started to integrate online courses. And the online courses started to give me a lot more freedom, a lot more leverage, et cetera. And then eventually I left the speaking. When I say left the speaking, I stopped doing like paid speaking events, like on the speaking circuit. And I started running more my own events. So then I could actually choose when I wanted to run my events. And then I started running more webinars and virtual events and things like that. And so as the business has evolved and grown, I've, I've put in more leveraged products and it's allowed me to create more freedom in my life and also make more money. And so the conversation I wanted to talk about is, it's, is, is about that journey and the things that I've put in place to actually do that. And this, this came out of a question that we had in our elite coaching program just the other day. By the way, if anyone is interested in, in um, having some coaching with me, uh, t- you can text me the word elite uh, just on my Instagram. And happy to have a chat and see if it's if it's a right fit for you. So let me give you four big pillars that I I talk about in Elite, and I want to talk about here to give you a foundation for understanding how to get more time off in your business. The first pillar is this: is you need to look at your programs. So in running an expert business, there's this idea which I talk about the expert, um, the, the expert business model. The expert business model is broken into two things, two spectrums. There is you're either serving a private, private um, audience or a public audience. So in other words, you're either serving corporations or you're serving individual business owners or individual contributors, right? For me, we serve a public audience now. They, we serve coaches, speakers, trainers, anyone in this expert industry. But previous to that, probably for like nine years of me running my business, I've been running it for 14 years now, about nine years of it, I was serving the private market. So I was actually serving corporations, um, like that sort of space. And so I transitioned about five, six years ago into the public market. Now, that's the first spectrum. Like you understand that spectrum, right? And then the second spectrum is how leveraged are your programs? Are you going to have high leverage? So high leverage stuff is like um, group coaching programs, online courses, masterminds, uh, it could be speaking. Speaking's fairly leveraged, but you got to travel, right? It's a bit of time. And then there's lower leverage stuff like one-on-one consulting, done-for-you services, uh, anything where it's like you've got to show up and do the work for them on an individual basis. And so you got this spectrum. And so for me, when I first started out, it was all one-on-one stuff, and which was fine. And to be honest, I still do a few one-on-one clients. Uh, like for example, you know, I mentioned I've worked with Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher. I'm working with uh, about three or four one-on-one clients at the moment. And that's a really specific type of person, um, right? They have a very specific need. They have the resource to pay for that need to get met very fast. Uh, and so, so 
I would encourage for you, if you want to offer one-on-one, there's nothing wrong with doing one-on-one. I actually enjoy doing a bit of one-on-one. But, but you should charge at the level that if you're doing one-on-one, like, like charge them for it, right? Charge at a level that you'd be, there's, a, there's uh, you know, I'm not going to say there's a price for everything, but in a, in a business there is, right? So very much. So if you want to offer one-on-one, that's great. And then for us, we have our group coaching program. And that's really where most people uh, work with me on, right? And you can still get individual help from me on that. Like, like I still do coaching with people in that group, right? And so our group coaching program is our main program, which is our elite coaching program. And so that helps people to design presentations that sell and scale, um, scale them up to scale their business. And, and so that group coaching program is really like our main, one of our main offers, right? And then we have an online course. We actually have two online courses. We have uh, Sell From Stage Academy, which is our online, our online core curriculum, right? And then we have Conversion Story Formula, which is our, our, front, end, um, our front end program, right? And so depending at what level you are in the journey, you'll, you'll get closer to me and you'll get closer to, yeah, closer to access to me, right? In terms of the journey. The same is for you. So when you're designing your business model, I want you to think about how do you design your business model so that as people get closer to you, they are obviously, they pay more, um, but it also, you want to design your business model. And so for me, you know, I only have like three clients at a time that I take on one-on-one. That's all I allow like into my one-on-one, right? Because for me, I don't want that to be a major part of what I do. But for the right person at the right price, I'm happy to do the work, right? But, but when it comes down to it, I want to design my business so that I get some good leverage in terms of my time, some good freedom. And I also build it so that it helps the most amount of people. And then they, and they get the help that they need, right? And so when you think about it, I really love... Personally, I really love group coaching programs because group co- coaching programs are a, blend, a really nice blend of curriculum. In fact, just tomorrow, I'm delivering a new masterclass in our elite program all, all around what I'm calling conversion events. They're like small little events that you run that have high conversion rates. They're really amazing. We've been running them in our business recently. And I'm teaching my students exactly how to do that, right? And so there's like a curriculum in how to do that sort of thing. So for you... What I'm sorry. So what I love about group coaching programs is you've got a curriculum, but you've also got coaching. So you've got me as a coach. We've got about three other coaches in the program that that support people, right? So they get the coaching, they get the advice, but they also get the curriculum. And so one of the one of the um, I, I do want to say this is that sometimes people want to join a mastermind, but they're actually not ready for a mastermind because a mastermind. I think I think you need to be making close to a million dollars a year. Uh, to really be in a mastermind that is worthwhile. Now, the reason why I say that, and it's got nothing to do with ego or anything like that, it's purely from my experience of being in different masterminds at different levels, I found that until I hit around that million dollars, the mastermind was okay, but not amazing. And it was only around that, well, let's call it 500. Around that 500 mark, the reason why I say that is because Usually, you, you're still in the learning phase until you hit around that $50,000 a month revenue. When I say learning phase, now I'm always in the learning phase. But what I mean by this is that what my experience has been that being in a group where people are at a quite a high level, there's a lot of value in their advice, right? So there's a lot of value in their advice. Now, I'm not saying that it isn't valuable underneath it. 
But what I'm saying is that like from my experience in being at masterminds and I've been in masterminds at 100,000, 200, 500, a million and plus, right? And so I've just found that that the higher level ones as a mastermind experience were better. However, when I was below 500,000, I actually found that the group coaching was a lot more helpful. That's what I'm trying to say. And so if you're, I, I recommend if you're below 500,000, I wouldn't necessarily join a mastermind. Like I would look for a really good group coaching program, right? It's one way, because then you get more curriculum. Because a lot of the time in masterminds, you get no curriculum. Like there's not much curriculum. I've, I've joined masterminds, high level masterminds. Like you literally get like taught nothing, right? You get taught something, but it's like so random. It's all over the place. Because the values in the, in the, in the, in the, um, the feedback from other people where, where when you're still learning or you're still going through that, that growing phase, the growth phase, like under 500, you actually need curriculum. You need like a strategy. Does that make sense to follow? I, I trust that makes sense, right? And so that's just been my experience. Now, I know we went off on a tangent then, but the reason why I'm sharing that is because you need to think about your business model. How do you want to design your business model so that it gives you some freedom, right? And so if you are doing all done-for-you services, and I've seen so many people in the industry launch done-for-you services, and what's good is you're going to get a, you're going to get a good uptake because done-for-you services, like they're amazing, right? Because the, the, you do the work for the client. The problem is, is you're going to get clogged up really quickly and, and then you're probably going to get exhausted and not going to be able to sustain it. And so I just want you to be really cautious of doing like too many done for you services. It's like for me, like my one-on-one coaching, I take on, you know, like three clients at a time, like per, per quarter. And so when you think about your business model, having a blend of some online courses, maybe a little bit of one-on-one and a group program is a really nice blend, right? But think about your business model and where it's kind of like leveraged towards. If you, if, if you know that you're like, you know, you're basically like a full-time mom and you got the kids at home full-time and you're working full-time, you're probably wanting a lot more freedom than someone who doesn't have kids or isn't looking after the kids full-time, right? And, and they've got like, you know, they can just work whenever. Like usually the, you know, you're, when you can work whenever, um, or you've got no other responsibilities, you know, with kids and things like that, or caretaking, et cetera, then you, you kind of like aren't as worried about free time or aren't as worried about like that sort, that sort of thing, right? And so in terms of building your business, you have to decide where are you at in your life, in your season. And so based on that, you got to look at your programs. I know for me, one of my, one of my friends, she was running a really successful group coaching program. And she actually said, Colin, I'm going to stop the group coaching program and I'm just going to run my online course. And she was like, I just sell my online course. In fact, I just started coaching a one-on-one client and that's all she does. She has an online course because she's a mum. She's a mum full-time. She works like two days a week um, and she has an online course, right? And that's it because she doesn't want to have a mastermind or she doesn't want to have a group coaching program. So you want to think about what sort of offering would suit your priorities in your season. And it can always change, right? It can always change in terms of your priorities, right? So the first thing is I want you to think about your programs and have you designed your programs so that it suits the priorities of the freedom that you want in your business? Okay, that's the first big idea. The second big idea is this, and this is huge. 
systems. Now, I'm not going to lie. I am not a systems guy, <laughs> right? If you want to learn systems, don't come to me. But I have learned to value them big time. So this is what I say to my team. I always say to my team, guys, whatever you do, whenever you do it, record yourself doing it, put it into a system so that we've got it. Because I always want a system in place so that if they end up moving in their roles to a different part of the business or they end up moving on or whatever they decide, right? The, the, the business has a framework that, that someone else can come in and learn at least the basics fairly quickly. Does that make sense? And when you think about a business, a business is systems. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, but it's just me, Colin. I don't have a team. So first of all, I think if you're close to about $100,000, you need at least a like a part-time to full-time customer service. Like you have to have someone like that. And I think you can outsource it to the Philippines um, if you don't have enough revenue. Uh, you could go uh, locally if you maybe part-time when you're starting out. Um, but you need someone in place with that, which we're going to get onto people soon. But for me, systems is such a foundation. And so for us... Um, we have uh, we're actually transitioning and using this this platform called Notion, and Notion has like a a wiki. You can check it out. I think it's Notion dot I think it is. Maybe just search it. Um, but that it's got like a wiki. It's got systems in place. But for me, the reason why you create systems is so that you don't have to do the thing over and over again. So, for example, for me, with onboarding with our elite program. Um, it's so it's it's funny because sometimes because I I always like to have a personal touch to it right so I'll reach out to the person when they join send them a video say hello reach out to them and then they're like oh your team's already onto it they've already sent this 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 because sometimes I'll check in I'll be like oh you make sure you do this and I forget almost that like the the business has systems right the team's already onto the thing before I can get to it and so that's a good example of having systems in the business. And so anytime, like for me, some of the best places for systems is onboarding clients. That's a great place for systems. Customer service templates, like if you get questions that asked all the time, so like customer service templates, offboarding clients, if people end up finishing up with programs or leaving programs, et cetera, like all of these, so those areas are great for systems. And so, yeah, anything uh, like anything like for us with the podcast that we have a system around uh, once I record the podcast, I basically finish like for me, my whole job is I write the podcast bullet point, record it, and I create a title and I put it into uh, into our Slack channel. And then my team does everything. They've got like a 15 step system from built from creating the newsletter to uh, to um, editing the newsletter to loading it into the loading it into the uh, email system to sending it out to putting it on the blog to um, putting it on my stories like all that all that sort of stuff. There's there's like a 15 step system that happens after I record the podcast. Now, if I didn't have that system in place, it couldn't be replicatable. It couldn't be passed on to someone else. Someone else couldn't step into that role. Does that make sense? And so this idea of systems creates a sense of certainty. And so if you're saying to yourself, yeah, but Colin, like I don't have any staff yet, so I don't need systems, you have to build systems so that you can eventually get staff, so that you can eventually kind of, yeah, like implement uh, this process. Now, for, we've been using, we were using sweetprocess.com. It's like a, a system process. Now, we've started using Notion. That's a new one. 
Uh, but we're still we're still finding our feet with Notion. We're just starting starting out with that. It's bigger than just um, systems. But some sort of system platform is really good. An online system platform that you can use to track all of your systems so that people can go in and search and find their systems, all that sort of stuff really well. So that is the second thing, right? So build systems. Systems are going to save you and they're going to release you to have more time off. Remember, the goal is to be able to have more freedom, to have more time off. And if you don't have systems in place, you're going to have a lack of certainty because remember, systems create certainty. So the, the goal is this feeling of certainty because for me, if we create a system around it, I can give it to a staff member. I can give it to an employee. I can give it to a contractor and they can follow the system and it creates a sense of replicatability, a sense of certainty in what you're doing, right? So if you're feeling that your business is chaotic, you don't have enough systems in place, okay? So that, that's the second thing. The third thing, the, the third thing, the third thing, people. For me, having the right people in place is an absolute game changer. And so if you find yourself with employees and team members that require you to basically have another job to manage them, you've hired the wrong person, by the way. <laughs> so sometimes people say, oh, Colin, I've, I've tried to hire people before and I just felt like I just had another job in managing them. That tells me you've got the wrong person. Now, it's going to be one of two ways there. It's going to be either you've got the wrong person or you don't have enough systems in place, right? Now, my attitude around hiring people has evolved over the years. For me, when I first started out, I was very much like the, the mailroom strategy of like, let's just hire someone with a great attitude um, and I will teach them how to do what I do. The problem with that is that it's a very slow learning curve it gives me another job as the business owner to train them. And then thirdly, they're only ever as good as I was, or maybe like 80% of what I was because I'd been doing it for, for a long time, right? And they're learning it from me. And so that's, that for me is like a massive cap. And for me, the business has grown significantly when I started hiring people who brought in skills and experience that I could not have given them. Right, they brought in marketing skills. They brought in customer experience skills. They they brought in administrational skills from other companies and other experiences, and they came in. Now, now you're going to have to pay more for someone like that. But for me, I really want both now, and that was a huge game changer for me in our business. Was that was that when I started hiring people who actually brought in the skills at a higher level than me, uh, or even just different experiences than me, and they also had a great attitude, that was completely game changer, right? And so I recommend, I personally think that if, if you, if you, if I would prefer to have someone on part-time, if you in your business right now can't afford to have a full-time employee or a full-time contractor, I would prefer personally, to have a part-time contractor, right? If I couldn't afford it, I would have a part-time contractor with better skills than a full-time employee with average skills. That's just my philosophy now. Because I found that I would rather have someone who brings in the skills. Because remember, if they don't have the skills, like at, at a higher level than you, the problem is you end up with a job. 
you end up with another job managing them. Does that make sense? And so you might be thinking about someone on your team right now. And, and thankfully for us in our business right now, like all of our team members, they take responsibility for their own areas. They drive their own areas so much harder than I would drive the area myself, right? Because they bring in different, unique, and better skills than me in the area that they come into, right? And so that allows the business to grow at a more exponential level because it's not me teaching them, it is them bringing their own experience. Does that make sense? And so gradually hiring out roles in your business is really key. So anything around that $100,000 mark in your business, you're wanting to have at least like one employee, right? One, I think a full-time virtual assistant or part-time local assistant. You're hitting around that 200 to 300 mark, you're probably going to have like two or three employees, right? And to be honest, I think you can move up to around a million dollars with maybe two or three employees, probably full-time or up to high-level part-time capacity. You might have a couple of contractors with some specialized skills. But you don't need a massive team. I'm not a believer in big teams. I'm a believer in the right teams. Like I would rather like a SWAT team, right? Rather than than a than a big massive army. I, I prefer a, a highly trained SWAT Navy Navy SEAL team r- than like a big army. And so uh, that's just with my with this style of business, and probably for you as well. You're probably running to preferably run a more agile, profitable business rather than a big behemoth of a business, right? So that's the second thing. People, that make a huge difference. That's allowed me to take time off. And thirdly, oh, sorry, and fourthly, and finally, this is a huge one because you can have the program, the right programs, you can have the right systems, you can have the right people in place. But if you don't have this fourth element, nothing works. And that is permission. Permission is simply you deciding that you are going to give yourself permission to have some time off. And I know for me as a business owner, like sometimes I'll feel guilty. Like I'll have, you know, the morning off or I'll have a day off or something like that. And I actually feel guilty. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel guilty because I'm having time off. I feel guilty because like my, you know, my team's working and I'm having time off or something like that. Now, first of all, I don't get paid leave, right? I don't get any time off because I'm the business owner. And so firstly, I have to decide to have time off. There's always a reason to not have time off. But it's fascinating how you can get really like addicted to working. And what you don't realize is that a lot of the time, you're blaming all the things. You're blaming your programs. You're blaming your systems. You're blaming the people that you don't have time off. But it's actually you. You haven't given yourself permission yet to have time off. I had a fascinating conversation with a friend of mine, a really dear friend of mine. His name's John. And uh, we were talking about um, just having time off and we, we were talking about working less and so forth. And, and uh, right now I'm not doing it at the moment, but um, the, it was about a year ago or so. I, I, I probably had about eight months where I was working four days a week instead of five, right? And he said to me, he was like, he was like Colin, he's like, how do you have Friday off? Like how, like he's like Friday, he goes, how do you find that time to have Friday off? And I was like, well, okay, this is what you do. Okay. You, you put it in, you, you block out the calendar on Friday so no one can book in and then you take that day off. That's what you do. <laughs> and we were kind of laughing about it, right? Because it's like kind of dumb, but it's also like so true. It's so true that sometimes it's literally, that's all it takes. 
Think about a, a vacation or a holiday or something like that. Like there's never a good time to have a vacation. But do you know how you have a vacation? You go to your calendar, you block out the time, you write vacation, and then you book the flight. You book the accommodation and then you don't have a flipping choice, right? You're like, I'm going on vacation. I don't have a choice anymore. And so sometimes some of you just need to literally go to your calendar and block off the time so that no clients can book in, nothing else can be done, and maybe even schedule something that you can't get out of. So maybe if you want to have some more time off with your kids or your friends or something like that, you book something in, like you book a day at the fair, you book a day with a friend and another family to go and do something. Like you actually book it in, you create external accountability to that time off. Does that make sense? And so you have to actually give yourself permission. And so sometimes it's literally just that simple, right? Now, long-term, I really think you need some of those other things in place. Like you need the right people, right? You need to gradually hire as your business grows. You need systems in place to give you certainty and clarity. And you need to re- you need to look at your programs, right? You need to look at, is it too heavy on the manual side? And do I need to create a bit more leveraged programs, uh, et cetera? You've got to find the right balance for where you are in the season that you're at. And so we review those four things. We've talked about the programs. We talked about the systems, the people, and about the permission. So I wonder what's been most valuable from these four things and what's one thing that you could do? I don't want you to do all of it, but these are the four areas that I like to think about. Whenever I'm coaching our elite co- coaching program, students and stuff like that's the lens I'm looking at and going, how do we implement these things in their life to allow them to have more time off? Now, if you are interested in in having a conversation, whether you think elite might be a good fit or not, it's usually great for people who have been in business for a year or more uh, in their expert business. Maybe you're doing five grand or more a month around that. And um, you're interested in growing and scaling that up and you want some help from me and the team members, et cetera and the community to be able to create presentations, webinars, automated webinars, automated presentations that sell, uh, then DM me the word elite into my um, Instagram profile. So just at Colin Boyd and happy to have a chat. We can set up a call, have a chat, see if you're a right fit. If you're not, I can point you in the right direction, right? So just DM me the word elite on my Instagram profile and we can have a chat. So I'd love to know what's been most valuable. What's been most valuable from today's conversation? Now, if you haven't written a review for the conversation, please do. Uh, If you leave us a review, a written review, take a screenshot once again, send it to me on my DMs and I'll send you over a free course. We've got a free course that we normally sell for $197. I'll send it to you if you uh, leave a review as well. Uh, Like I said, I just want to love on you guys. Keep giving you amazing, amazing things. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've had such great um, feedback from the podcast recently and we've had a whole bunch of new listeners come through and just I'm so grateful I'm so grateful for all of you who are on the journey with me as a part of this journey and um, yeah I'm just I'm just so grateful that I get to do this get to do this with you get to build a business and a life that has meaning that helps people that that generates um, amazing lifestyle and and really just you know I feel like I'm living my dream Like, it's cool. It's so cool to be able to live your dream. I'd love to help you do that as well. And so, yeah, DM me the word elite if you want to have a chat uh, about that. And um, and if you found this helpful, make sure you are following the podcast, text it to a friend, and uh, bless you all. We'll talk to you really soon. Bye for now. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? 
Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.